Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight. Oh, by the way, today is garbage day. Got to take out the cra- <laughs> uh, trash. I wonder if I can get some uh, some Washingtonites uh, to jump in that trash <laughs> so when I put it on the curb, they can take them away. Boy, there are a lot of things going on. Um, a, a lot of things that make you go, hmm. Oprah Winfrey uh, was on television. I don't know whether you saw this. Uh, mm-hmm. A couple of days ago, she was on uh, CBS, you know, with Nate Burleson, the former football player, who uh, he's a liberal. He's an anti-Trumper. He's a lib. Uh, you know, football players, some of these guys, they were great athletes and stuff, but they got, they're as smart as a box of rocks, some of them, you know. And uh, But he's sitting there with Oprah, and they're talking about uh, her efforts uh, with uh, the recovery in Maui Beach. You know, she owns half of Maui, and um, and she she started talking like she was the victim. I'm going to play a little bit of it. Listen. Well, this is a really great point about being happier in the midst of an onslaught of being terrorized and vilified online. Mm-hmm. I will say this. I came out of this experience, I was just saying this to Arthur this morning, with so much more compassion for young kids because I was thinking, what if I didn't really know who I am? What if I didn't have the assurance of Invictus that I am the master of my own fate and the captain of my soul? If you it would are, have taken you down. It would have, ta- it would have taken, it, would, it will take you out. So all the online, uh, you know, being- Slander and slammed, attacks. Attacks, lies, conspiracy theories, really took the focus off of what was the most important thing, and that was the people of Maui. So this yeah. idea came about because, as, as you know, when you were there, Tony, yeah. uh, I was on the ground talking to lots of people, trying to figure out how do I best help. And in the beginning, it was just, you know, material things, dropping off generators and towels. And then I started talking to people. People really wanted their own agency. Okay, so Oprah's worth, mm. Oprah's worth about 3 or $4 billion. She's one of the richest people in our country, in the world for that matter. And let's be honest here, okay? If... If you or I were worth her kind of money, I was thinking about this morning uh, as I was getting ready for the show, I would just turn around seriously and I would say to my friends and neighbors in Maui, I'm going to rebuild your city. I I mean, I'm going to take a chunk of my money. If I took a billion of my $3 billion, I could build a massive, beautiful, picturesque remake of uh, that, that beautiful island. But no, no, that's not how she's doing it. That's not how she's doing it. What she's done is she started this, uh, I guess, nonprofit that uh, she's asking middle-class America to donate money. Mm. You donate to the fund. You contribute to the fund. Bill Knight put money in the fund. You put, you know, you're, you're, you're trying to pay your bills. Well, you know what I say to her? She can kiss my butt. Well, Because you're right. She does have... More money, let's just say it, she's got more money than God. She's got more money than the church. You know, you, you're supposed, supposedly you were supposed to tithe 10%. I guarantee she doesn't tithe a damn dime. Well, she didn't mention she God. Did you hear her say, I, I had uh, faith in myself? Um, because she because believes she's God. She, she doesn't talk about herself. God. She didn't talk about God at all. You There's know? a woman that had... You know, from where she came was nothing to what she became is something. And she should be humble and, uh, you know, She'd had, really. She, she should she should be on her knees every day thanking God. Because she's gotten, look, she's got so much money. She could do everything she could. It was like uh, Brewster's Millions. Remember that? You know, to get the big money, you had to go and blow a million dollars in a short amount of time, and it was almost impossible to do. Yeah. With the kind of money that she's got, Bill Gates got, and, and that, that some of these people have, there's no way in today's society, even with the inflation going up there, uh, that they can ever, ever spend all that money in their lifetime unless there's something that they know that we don't know. Well, you know, there and are a lot of wh- stories. On, you've heard the stories. I'm not going to get into them, but... You know, maybe she doesn't. Uh, she get on her knees or or talk about God's great gift to her, because maybe she doesn't have that kind of relationship with God. Maybe 
her relationship is with something else. And, but she wouldn't tell you that on television because on television, she has to keep up a certain persona, a certain image. And you'll notice, like I said, she was making herself out to be the victim. Oh, I'm being picked on on the internet. Well, the, chur- the church is being attacked right now. There's the American Federation of Christians that are getting political. Now, I thought there was a separation of church and state, but these yahoos that say they're Christians, whether they're Catholic or Protestants, are saying, well, you know, women's rights and all of this stuff and abortion and all these issues that have been taken to divide and conquer us, they're attacking you on the church. You know, we're tired of that, and we're tired of you wasting money on this and that. Wait a minute. Separation of church and state. And this group has been around for a couple, two or three years, and they're 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 basically challenging the church. That is a setup group, and I challenge but their you know, the, faith. The easiest, I challenge Oprah and her faith. The easiest person to challenge, the easiest people to challenge, in my opinion, are Christians, because Christians, people of faith, believe in turning the other cheek, giving the uh, downtrodden, even the disbelievers, the benefit of the doubt. This is what they believe. A good Christian doesn't get into a confrontational uh, state, like you, but, but they should, because what they're doing is they're allowing the other side to walk all over them, you know, they should look back to the days of the Crusades when the Christians picked up their swords and their, uh, you know, their shields and went off and fought wars for Christianity. Mm. But today, they're meek and they're an easy target. If you did to Christianity, if you did, I'm sorry, to the Islam faith, what they do to Christianity, there would be all sorts of problems because. Uh, people who believe in in the uh, Muslim faith, uh, they they fight for their 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 faith. They believe tenaciously in the uh, the values of their faith. It doesn't happen on the Christian side. They turn no. the other cheek and walk away. You I, know, there's a lot to be said for Christianity. There's a lot to be said for. Well, I'm not going to get into a big lecture on this, but. Many, many, many things that the Bible has said have been proven to be facts before we ever figured it out on our own. So you sit there, you know, like the old George Carlin thing. Well, you know, those Christians, they believe in this invisible man in the sky who has these tenets that you have to live by. Thou shalt not do this and that and this and that and this and that. And you got to give me money. And if you don't do all of this, you know, you're going to go to a place that's full of fire and brimstone and you're going to burn for eternity. But I love you. That was his comedy bit. But the simple fact is, is that, there, you know, it is not the way that he portrays it. But that's how the left sees it. And it's not that way. And the one thing that I do here, and I bet you George Carlin, too, if he was gasping for life before he died, his probably his last words were, God. Yeah, you know, well, we all, yeah, I, I, I do believe that uh, I feel, well, I feel sorry, Bill, for people who don't have a faith. I feel very sorry for people who don't believe in God. because, And I have friends uh, who don't believe. I have family members who don't believe in God. And, mm-hmm. or, or they'll say, I believe in something bigger than me, but I don't necessarily follow a religion. Well, that's that's your problem. That is, Then you better sit down, maybe pick up a Even, Bible and, and, and do some reading and uh, find your, your, your faith. Because I'll tell you, I've said this before, I've, I've gone through bad times in my life, and it has been my belief in God and my you know, getting getting on my knees Look, and asking for his forgiveness that has, I believe, rescued me from uh, even worse situations. And when you don't have that, you haven't got somebody to turn to. You know, you're, Look, you're lost. It's, you know, you can sit there and take the Bible and go, and the one thing I will say, look, it's been transmi- uh, translated over the year, years by man. So are there going to be some inaccuracies in the Bible? Probably you know, that's that's a fact. King James, he took uh, creative liberties to rewrite the Bible. Hey, the first, you know? the first time it was put to paper was 400 years after Christ's death by monks. 400 years. That means between the time Christ died, 
400 years later was the first time somebody said, oh, maybe we should take these stories and put them down on paper. This is what, uh, this is what I've read. This is what I, and it, w- and it would make sense because these people, the apostles and, st- and people like that, they were fishermen. They were your run-of-the-mill right. kind of laborer who believed in Christ and went out and spread the good word. But they weren't writers. They weren't. They didn't have even the time to get down to to spending hours and days transcribing their stories. Everything was passed around by word of mouth. You know. Anyway, you know, you go back to the Big Bang theory. Well, that's when life began, and before that, it was just this big void, yeah, this big we, vacuum. We've talked about. Well, that you before. couldn't. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but the point is, something there that that's where they come with the uh, what do they call it? The God Adam or the God the God? Yeah, whatever. Uh, right. I think it's the it's the the God Adam. Maybe I know what you're yeah. talking about. It's what they look for when they have these colliders. You know, uh, when they have these oh. big, big colliders in Switzerland. Uh, that the they, CERN yeah, super collider, yeah, super collider yep. which is interesting because that CERN collider yeah. proved back around 2016 that uh, what we are calling global warming and everything is a bunch of junk. It's a bunch of hua. It's not well, real. Most, most everything they tell us is a lie. Look at they're trying to sell us right now on electric cars. That's the answer. Get rid of fuel. Get rid of uh, cars yeah. that are run by uh, internal combustion engines. But they don't tell you that those batteries, you have to get certain minerals and certain elements out of the ground, and you have to spend a, a, a ton of money. Which we have a bu- yeah. an abundance of it. But in you the have United to spend States. a ton of money digging that stuff up. And how do you dig it up? You use internal combustion engine equipment. You use steam shovels and excavators and bulldozers and big trucks and all that stuff. It spews out, quote, pollution. They don't tell you that. They don't tell you. And then if the, if your car that you spend $60,000 for catches fire and throws all that smoke into the air and pollution, they don't tell right. you about that either. You know? I mean, everything nowadays has an agenda. Do you know, yeah. I, I mean, everything we're being told, you have to question. Yeah. Bill, you, well, ha- you, know, you, you, have to, you have to stop for a second. Uh, we're being told to take the shot again. You know, I, I, said well, I don't just, believe in that because I, you know, it, yeah, we're being told to take it again. And we're, we're, I was going to do more on a CERN, but we can do that ahead. another time. No, go ahead. No, well, no, no, no I, I want to address the shot because they're sitting there going, oh, well, you know. Oh, we got this pandemic coming again. This is the longest damn pandemic in the history of man. But here we go. It's coming back again, coincidentally, right in front of an election. Does that not tell you something? And this time they're saying, oh, besides the mask mandates, we're going to require that you get three shots. And when I say require, they are talking about imposing mandatory. And that means you will, if you don't, I'm sorry, but you're going to be cut off from. They'll probably come and and I refuse. I will not. I'm, I am healthier today than I was when the pandemic originally started, and that is a documented fact. You know, you know I told and, you, I told and, you that I I got the first two shots when the shots were first available, and and I think it was the biggest mistake of my life. And for the longest time, I felt well, I maybe I was lucky because I didn't have any any uh, problems. But then I just told you before the show started that my allergies that I've had for, for years, all my life, essentially, I have uh, an uh, allergy to dust an allergy to uh, hay fever and rose fever that I've always been able to kind of stave off, you know, because I'm healthy and relatively strong. But in the past couple of years, I've had more coughing and more congestion. And, and I, I thought the other day, I thought, you know, Maybe it's because my immune system isn't what it used to be. And then I read an article of mm-hmm. Megan Kelly. Uh, she she said the exact same thing. She went for a physical, and she she tested positive for a deficiency in her autoimmune system. She said, "Is that because I got the shots and the boosters, and then I got COVID?" And her world-renowned uh, doctor said, "Yes, I'm afraid it is." And you know this guy Tony Fauci. You couldn't say, you could not say anywhere that uh, myocarditis was a real problem caused by the shot a year and a half or two years ago. 
And then Fauci gets up. Fauci it's gets all up, over the place. And he's, he's saying things like, yeah, well, uh, it can cause uh, uh, in uh, healthy young men on occasion uh, myocarditis. Let me see whether I have the cut. Listen to what he says. Again, we have experience with this type of vaccine in billions of people. It's a safe vaccine. Of course, with the mRNA, there's a very, very, very low risk, particularly in young men, of getting a myocarditis. But if you look at the risk of myocarditis from COVID itself is greater than the risk of the vaccine. You know, during the pandemic, if you wait, said, whoa, 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 wait. what did he just say? The risk of myocarditis from COVID is bigger than the vaccine or greater than the vaccine. You want to vaccine. hear it again? Let me, let me play it again. You got me you wondering. Know, there's a kind of a... Listen, listen. Again, we have experience with this type of vaccine in billions of people. It's a safe vaccine. Of course, with the mRNA, there's a very, very, very low risk, particularly in young men, of getting a myocarditis. But if you look at the risk of myocarditis from COVID itself is greater than the risk of the vaccine. See, if you had said that on YouTube or Twitter two years ago, you would have been banned. Exactly. You would have been kicked off. They would have pulled your your uh, membership or whatever. You, you wouldn't have been able to post any more stuff because you were spreading gossip about uh, the great uh, COVID vaccine. Then he gets up. This is only a few days ago on television over the weekend. He says, uh, you know, it can happen. Uh, there's a small risk for young men. Well, that's like a young man, you know, spinning the uh, uh, bar- the chamber on a revolver and putting it mm. to his head. He doesn't know whether it's him that's going to be uh, hurt by it. You know, that, that, you know, if we're doing anything with this COVID and this vaccine, we are prolonging the pandemic beyond its natural cycle. We're taking it and recycling it. And I'm not sure that it's not a, a planned. Um, yeah, a planned. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to slowly shrink the population and that's been talked about before. That is not conspiracy theory or rumor because the Bill Gates of the world, the, Sor- uh, the, the George Soros's of the world, all of these Bilderberger people, the rich and the elite say, we got to get this population down to what is it? 550 th- million people. 550 million people. Yeah. Well, that's that's more than the American population. So guess what? If you if you do that equally around the world, and it ain't going to be all you white people, all you black people, or all you Spanish people, because some of you going to be in the boat to go to bye bye land and meet your maker uh, in in that scenario. Not the rich, not the Oprahs, not the Bill Gates, because they got the money. Yeah. Well, Bill Gates has said he wants 550 million people, which means that uh, uh, probably uh, three quarters, three three quarters of the population, three quarters of the population will be removed from the planet. When did he become an expert on population, humanity and what this world? Look, this old globe has been around a lot longer than we have. And this old globe is going to be around a lot longer than we, we will become extinct. As- oh, you got to do it again, Bill, because you just popped the uh, microphone and now you're... Oh, there we go. I was band- pounding on the, the, the table here. We will become extinct mm-hmm. before this old world goes away. And this world will eventually... You know the moon is floating away from us. Even even the man in the uh, even the man in the moon can't stand us. Well, the moon is slowly slipping away from us. But even this old world will meet its demise, but not in our lifetime, or because so, it'll outlive us. And many other forms of life will be here besides. If us. you're if you're listening to our program and you're wondering um, what are these guys talking about, why are they all of a sudden sounding so uh, you know. Uh, defensive about uh, what's happening in the world. It's because there's a lot of things that we're being lied about. Mm-hmm. Case in point, everybody, not everybody, a lot of millions of us love the guy, but there's a segment out there that believe that Donald Trump is orange man bad, you know? Oh, orange man bad, Republican bad. That That's the news today. 
You know, Joe Biden's going to do a speech tonight. Republican bad. Orange Democrat man. Good. Orange man bad was brought up on Mika's show with uh, on Joe Scarborough's show with you know Mika Brzezinski, oh. and um, she actually read an excerpt from a book that Trump wrote in two thousand. That was a year right. a year before nine eleven, year and a half before nine eleven. Uh, actually, he probably wrote it in 1999. One of the guys says it on the stage. He said, well, you know, he probably wrote it in 1999. It, written by Donald J. Trump. I want you to hear what she says and then their response. Listen. BuzzFeed dug up an old quote from Donald Trump talking about a large-scale terror attack 19 months before 9-11. In his 2000 book, The America We Deserve, Trump wrote, I really am convinced we're in danger of the sort of terrorist attacks that will make the bombing of the 1993 Trade Center look like little kids playing with firecrackers. Trump also mentioned the mastermind of the attack, writing, quote, one day... We're told that a shadowy figure with no fixed address named Osama bin Laden is public enemy number one, and U.S. jet fighters lay waste to his camp in Afghanistan. He escapes back under some rock, and a few news cycles later, it's on to a new enemy and a new crisis. Trump. Wait, 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 yeah. wait, wait. Mm-hmm. Okay, hold yeah. on a second. Mm-hmm. Is this really Trump before 9-11? Have you read this? It's 2000 in his book. Are we making that? Somebody, did you Nick. make this up, Mika? Nick. <laughs> I did. Did you Just make this up? Yeah, Nick, exactly. tell us it's over, right? Because Will you stop? Everything. Mika, stop. God. I think it's over. What's, that, what's the rage here? Will you stop? No, it's cute. Okay. I think it's cute. Well, yeah, no, really quickly, though. I mean, so, Willie, that was... 2000. 2000. In a book he wrote in the year 2000. Well, it was published in 2000. That's good have written in 1999. Probably. Exactly. He might have been, been more precious. So he predicted, basically predicted the attacks. Joe Scarborough's incredulous. He, he oh, can't believe it. He, uh, he predicted the attacks. Yes, he did. Yeah. It was a published book. Read it for yourself. If you can still find it on Amazon, grab it and read it. Donald Trump, he somehow had a feeling that this was going to happen. He, you know, the guy is prophetic in a lot of ways. You know, you, then you wonder, look, at why are they picking on him right now? Why are they trying so desperately to bring, bring him down? They didn't go after Al Capone like they're going after Donald Trump. 91 indictments so far. And I, I understand how the legal system works because I was involved with a case. We're not going into that. That was many years ago. But the simple fact is, when a DA goes after somebody, they do a couple of things. Number one, they cut off their funds. Because if you can't, if you have no access to your money or they bankrupt you, you can't fight. Because they, they want to win. It's not about justice. They want to win. Now, the other thing that they do, uh, and, and I know this firsthand, is that when you're going after somebody, you sit there and you stack the charges. Some of the charges are the same charge over and over and over and over again. So they might only be guilty of two or three counts of something. But let's get this number up to 24 or 25 because then they've got to plead down something, you know, or they give up something. You got them. The problem you they know? have with Donald Trump is that he has such a following of loyal supporters, even if they cut him off from his his own funds, uh, he would be backed up in the millions by his supporters. So they can't cut off his funds. So what they've tried to do instead is cut off his legal representation. They've gone after his attorneys. They've made it so a lot of very, very powerful, very successful law firms, they're afraid to represent Trump because they don't want to be attacked by the Justice Department. So they haven't gone after his money. They know that's no good. He'll just get more of it because he's popular. But they've they've started to cut him off at the knees when it comes to legal representation. Well, you know, the, 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 the bad 19, you know, the dirty dozen plus seven, uh, I guess, uh, down in Georgia that they're going after. Uh, what'd you say, Willis? She's still going to want to go. She's mm-hmm. still trying to go for October 23rd. Lump them all together because it's so much easier to crowd them together and it's not, gonna not give them a chance to do their defense and just herd them all into the slaughterhouse. And gun them down. I guess an appeals judge up in New York uh, said that uh, he tried to get the that case that was, uh, you know, where 
that woman accused him of rape from the 1990s. From the 1990s, folks, okay? We're talking about like 30, 35 years ago. I mean, I can't remember what happened 30, 35 years ago, but she apparently does. And she didn't make any any noise for 30, 35 years, and all of a sudden it was uh, appropriate to go after him now? Come on, folks. Mm. Are we that stupid? Are we that naive? And, of course, people say, well, she won. <laughs> she won in New York. Okay? Uh, it's a stacked deck. It was a fixed judge, a fixed DA. It was a stacked deck. It's just what's going to happen, by the way. If he doesn't get a change of venue in D.C., trust me, they can show it on television. He can have the best lawyers. They can put together the best representation, the best case. He's going to lose because the the jury in D.C. is a stacked deck. They they never vote Republican. They don't They've got like all the judges in the right places. You know, Trump looking for a different venue for a good reason. You know, he he was denied. Now, that gives him to the right appeal of appeal to that. But actually, they're actually already superseding that because they know where he was headed. And he was right to do that. You know, let's get it out of her hands because she is an Obama appoint, uh, you know, appointed person. She is, you know, she's on an agenda. She's not listening to, you know, facts and reason. She is just doing a set, laid out plan. They want Trump out of the picture. Hey, you know, and before I forget, we talking about Oprah a couple minutes ago, and there was a piece of audio I wanted to play. Because well, it's here. important, you know, we heard about Oprah complaining that she's she's being attacked and she's a victim and you should feel very sorry for her. Oh, we should give her money then. Oh, give her money and give her support and don't be nasty to her. She doesn't need it, but she she deserves your money. Yeah, don't be you nasty. You don't deserve to, it. Don't be nasty to her online because, you know, she's Oprah and everybody loves Oprah, right? But there was a, this piece of audio that I found on the internet. Listen. Winfrey has been securing Maui land like it's a trending bestseller. In just 2023, she invested in a vast 520-acre plot for $3.89 million, then went for another 330 acres at $2.47 million, not to mention the two 10-acre patches she bought in 2022 for $100,000 each. From a mere 100 acres in Maui, Oprah now commands over 1,000 acres. But here's the twist. Amidst this real estate service, a sudden fire happens, destroying homes nearby, but leaving her vast terrains unscathed. Does that ring a bell? Wow. Did you mm. catch all that stuff? How much property she's bought, bought on Maui? And if you do the math, she doesn't even have, what, 20, 25 million in it? Uh, yeah, she, she bought it for a pittance, but she bought it pre-fire, right? Now she's, by the way, there are people trying to buy land that uh, has been, you know, ruined by the uh, the fire. I wonder if she's one of those people. You know, what they do is they don't buy it directly. They have people buying it for them so that they get the prices down. You know, they don't. If, if you knew that Oprah is in, interested in your property, you'd want top dollar. She's worth $3 billion. But if, you know, if Ralph Snodgrass from East LA is buying your property, you think, well, he's a small real estate company who wants to buy land. What you don't know is Oprah has commissioned this guy in East L.A. to buy your property in Maui. You know what I'm saying? Right. They, they hide behind uh, these, these different... What is under the ground in Hawaii or strategically beneficial to Oprah Winfrey? What is there that she really wants? Well, it's not, they she doesn't it. need a 1,000 acres to have a beautiful home. I'm sorry, she doesn't. I've heard people say that there are some places... Uh, in Maui, where you walk along, and you, it, it's almost mush. The land is so filled with oil that uh, there's this. There's always something going on. This goes. Well, this goes goes back to being lied to constantly by people in power. You know, you wonder why people like Pelosi and Mitch McConnell and all these people just don't want to give up their job. Who the heck gets to be 83 years old and still wants to work? These people do. But why do you believe that you're going to live forever unless they believe in AI and they're going to take their, their mental well, essence Bill, and put it into a computer. Maybe it's not AI. Maybe it's adrenochrome that they talk about. 
you know, we laugh at that. Most people laugh at that. You know, oh, drinking blood. Oh, come on. But the human uh, biological parts in your body. Wait a second. The thing is this. Think about history, right? Throughout history, you had uh, fictional characters like uh, Dracula. What did, Dra- Dracula. what did Dracula do to stay alive and eternally youthful? He drank blood. Count Dracula drank blood. Why would that be? Why would that be an interesting theme even back then? Because maybe there was an element of truth that we couldn't possibly imagine. Maybe this whole thing about drinking blood has been around for a lot longer than we uh, than we realize. Well, we're yeah. back again, and maybe we should explain what just happened. Well, number one, I think we made our point with what we were talking about, so we don't have to rehash what we were talking about. We'll leave it at that. What it was. What Do you it, think what, that had some? That was some of the reason why we uh, we disconnected. Yeah, I, I do, and uh, I think that there's still probably going to be problems. You know, they did say, though, there would be problems with the Internet. Yes. Now, you can blame it on whatever. You know, there, there were a lot of people. You know, there were, there were political foes saying, well, you know, they're going to start interfering with the Internet. Okay, maybe they are. Maybe they aren't. There is the, there's the thing, global warming is causing the uh, Internet problem. The sun is causing the Internet yeah. problem. You know, uh I don't know, but it does seem odd and strange. What was strange was about what was strange about what just happened, Bill, is we were right in the middle of discussing um, adrenochrome. <laughs> I said it real fast. Yes, thank you, Joe. Yeah, and 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 we weren't having a, a, a terribly a detailed conversation. We were just talking about it. And uh, ADC, yeah, and okay. we never talk about it. It's, if you ADC. listen to our our older shows, yeah, we should call it something other than what I just said. ADC, ADC. All right, uh, that that stuff. Uh, yeah, and, that stuff. But we were like, we just started. We mentioned the name, and all of a sudden, we were gone. <laughs> and then we come back on, and there we go again. That's and then it. We come back on, and there we go again. <laughs> and I said, I'll record in my studio the yes. stuff, and I will put it down to an MP3, and right. send it to you, and it went away. And I'm like going, I'm tired of doing this. <laughs> Damn I get the picture. Don't talk about, you know. ADC. Yeah. <laughs> and somebody's sitting there oh, listening man. right now going, he doesn't know his alphabet. He's passing yeah. B and yeah. jumping the D and then going back <laughs> to, to C. C. Yeah. Maybe we're just uh, being very sensitive. Maybe it was just a coincidence. Maybe there was some lonely technician down the road who was messing around trying to put uh, the red wire to the blue wire, and it should have been the red wire to well, the green wire, and he screwed up. Who knows? Yeah, well, exactly. I hope they never become a, uh, a bomb, bomb tech. Diffuser. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, Don't want to be in the neighborhood when they do that. Well, I am not going to talk about, uh, you know, and I do have a, a topic about gun control and safety, but, uh, yeah. well, not safety, but, you know, how all these places have been closing down. That's a fact. It's in the news. Yeah. So that, that's not a, a point of contention. They're shutting down gun shops everywhere. Over 200 since Joe's taken office. There was only 86 ever in the history of the country. And it's and without going into a lot of detail, uh, you know, there was a place where I always bought everything that I bought. Mm-hmm. And they've been around for over 40 years. And then all of a sudden, poof, they just go away. Uh, and and they uh, they said, well, there's illegally selling stuff to illegal people and all of this stuff. And then I was at the other shop in town, and the guy said, yeah, they came here next. And then the guy, it's 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 actually a catch twenty two technicality on the form that you fill out that you fill out when you're buying the uh, the firearm. And then because really, the government, what they do is when you call to get a clearance on somebody, they run the social. If there's nothing on the social, right. then guess what? They go, yep, they're okay to buy. We don't have any criminal stuff. And they don't take the the number of the gun. How it works mm-hmm. is that stays in the shop with the paperwork. So if a crime is committed with, with for for anything, you know, they have to go back and they got to jump a lot of hoops and go to the original shop that's 
sold that and get their paperwork. Didn't you tell me but, that it was something as simple as checking the ethnicity? Yeah, it's it's an yeah, you know, you might sit there and go, "Yeah, I'm Caucasian." Okay? Did you check that you're non-Hispanic? Oh, you didn't do that. Well, you're both Caucasian and non-Hispanic. If you didn't do that, right? Well, that's a flaw in the paperwork. Now, let me ask a simple question. Let's say that you sold uh, there's a percentage of error with everything. You've mm -hmm. got to, you have to, you have to admit that. You take a test, you miss a question. You know, you do something like that. So let's say you sell 100 firearms in a week. That's probably average. Might be less, might be more. So if you had a 1% error, that would be one piece of paper that had a, a flaw on it, but it had the basic info, your social security number you know, where they could do the background check on you. They don't even register the gun in Washington, D.C. That stays at the shop. So, you know, there's a fallacy in the system already. Do you think, it's a, so you do you think they build it in intentionally so if they want to bring a store down, they can do it? Well, I certainly think so. Well, think about this. Say you're a dad. You love to hunt. And your son has finally gotten of age, Dad, I want to go hunting with you. All right? Now... A father can buy his son a firearm, right? Theoretically, yeah. I used to sell firearms. I know this little trick. And but if somebody, if some dad came in, he goes, "Yeah, hey, I'm going to buy a gun for my son." Really? Well, he can't register it. Now you can register it, but there was that catch twenty two at the time, and gun guys would go, "Oh no, no, I can sell it to dad." Think again, Bucko. It doesn't really work that way. Once they open their mouth, you really shouldn't sell it to them because it's a catch-22. And that means that firearms going to kids are not registered. So, you know, we have a total registration breakdown. There's There are problems with the gun laws, the codes. Well, the speaking about yards. the gun laws, you know, the governor of New Mexico, she tried to, uh, she tried to, she tried to just shut it down in her state. And we talked about it yesterday as being like, was she a test case for the country? Uh, she was doing it by uh, making an executive decision that overrode the Constitution. Well, um, yesterday. The First and Second Amendment, which says you have well, no freedoms if you lose those. But yesterday, the uh, uh, a judge in New Mexico said, an appeals court judge said, no, you can't do that. And he blocked her, her order. But I mean, we had talked about the fact that the sheriff wasn't going to enforce it and the attorney general in her state was were not going to enforce it. Poppy Harlow from CNN, who mm -hmm. I don't usually play on this program because she's kind of, uh, she's not really neutral in her news delivery, but right. she had an interview with the New Mexico governor and uh, she kind of put the governor in her place. Listen. You bring up the Bruin case, the Supreme Court last this year. Question. Let me just ask you this, because the Supreme Court last yeah, year sure. totally changed what we're allowed to do, what you're allowed to do. And they said, unless you can base it in the history and tradition, you don't have grounds to do something like this. The New Mexico Constitution, I looked last night, Article 2, Section 6 says this, quote, no law shall abridge the right of citizens to keep and bear arms for security and defense. No municipality or county shall regulate in any way any incident of the right to keep and bear arms are you not in violation of both the u.s constitution and your state's constitution i don't believe that we are and if that narrow reading of the constitution which has been tested in the state we wouldn't have universal background checks we wouldn't have a waiting period we wouldn't have a red flag law we wouldn't have uh, prohibitions for straw purchases none of those would have been deemed constitutional and today all of them are they were before These the supreme court right ruled discussions that. Fair, but they haven't been tested again. Okay. And so for law enforcement, and I understand they're I, not really. Look, if you want the community to be safer, mm -hmm. show me that you can do that. If you're not going to stand up for these kids and really test as hard as you can, mm -hmm. getting fewer guns and dealing with gun violence in a meaningful way, then you're basically saying that you won't be responsible to protect yeah. the citizens of the state. But, well, I will, and I will do 
everything in my power to turn the tide and to make sure every New Mexican, particularly children, are safe. To law-abiding citizens, gun owners in your state, I think they're wondering um, this morning, is this more about making a statement than about enforcing this? I want to play for people in exchange you had with a journalist at your press conference last week. Here it was. Do you really think that criminals are going to hear this message and not carry a gun in Albuquerque on the streets for 30 days? Uh, no. You said no. Are you going to keep doing this? 30 days, 30 days, take it up to the Supreme Court? Or is this about a statement right now? No, listen, um, I can make any number of statements and already have. In 2007, I was very clear about where I stood in my initial uh, congressional uh, race um, about gun violence. So this is nothing new. But the rates of gun violence in my state, third worst in the nation, are absolutely unacceptable. And while I see that it is getting more challenging to find strategic efforts that keep everyone safe, that doesn't mean I shouldn't do them. And it's not the only thing in the order. It's about public places. It's about making sure we don't have guns at schools. It's about testing for fentanyl in wastewater at schools and other areas where I think that we have a growing problem. To be clear, in your executive order, you're right, only one part of this is being challenged by yeah. the courts. You try to do a lot That's of other right. things. I'm glad you mentioned that. Just let me ask you one final question about executive uh, power, right? That's a big thing you're testing here, too. Are you overreaching? Let me give you a hypothetical, right? You're a Democratic governor who's doing this. What if a Republican governor of a state declares a health emergency and unilaterally um, outlaws abortion in that state where the legislature has not done so by statute? Following your logic, would that also be sound? Uh, in in this situation, honestly, I don't think so. But that is what's happening in this country. Boy, she got kind of caught at the end there, didn't she? I mean, that yeah, was a good question. She sure did. But you know, the thing is, it was political and executive overreach, pure and simple. She well, didn't have a right to do that. No, she didn't have a right to do it. And they're testing on so many different levels here. I mean, basically, I'm I'm going after. Yeah, they're they they're challenging the first and second amendment rights because I declare an emergency in my state and I can suspend the first and second amendment. Well, if you can suspend it, then they're no good anyway, and that means you have no basic freedoms. Now you're sitting there talking about the gun situation too. Well, we got to curtail it because you know we're the third worst in the country. Guns don't commit crimes. I mean, you didn't go to a bar one day, you know, and uh, Glock goes to AK-47. How you doing? You know, and Glock goes, I don't know. I feel like going out and shooting up some people. Guns don't commit violence. People do. You take away the guns from the innocent citizens. The bad guys, the bad players are still going to have guns or other weapons of destruction. You want to take away the guns from the American people and why you want to take away their constitutional rights and why this is a test balloon for so many different things on a left agenda that it makes me sick. You know, a gun gun is a tool. A gun is a tool. I mean, it's like a hammer. It's it's like a saw. You may ban those too. Well, that's just it. I mean, you can take a hammer, you can build a house, you can build a barn, build a garage, build uh, furniture, or you can take the hammer and beat somebody over the head with it. Okay, you can take a gun and you can defend your family. You can go out and you can uh, harvest uh, food for the, your home if you're in that kind of a situation, or you can be a ruthless criminal and use it for uh, devious and, and criminal activities. You can do it either way you want. It's you that are making the decision. The person is making the decision. It's not the weapon, like Bill said. It's not the weapon that is making the decision. And, and enough of this nonsense. The left tries to say, well, we got to get rid of guns. You heard her say when the reporter asked her, well, you, do you think this will stop the criminals from, uh, from using their guns? Do you think they'll turn their guns in? No, she said. And she said it like, well, you know, no. No, no, they want to steal the guns. They want to go after you. There's a bigger agenda out there. And I think most people will agree. And I think before we ever started doing the show, before we were so rudely interrupted, 
Uh, you made the comment that you're believing that everything we see is a sham, it's a crap show, mm. and that, you know, uh, the government and what you think it is is not what it is, and they are tired of people having freedoms and rights and says, and they want to take this herd and control it, and the first thing they got to do is take away our guns and take away the rights that we believe that we have because in their minds we don't, and it's about time we learn that. You are under the mushroom, friend. Get used to it. I think there are a bunch of very bad people who are putting their foot on the neck of our country and have been doing it for quite some time. You know, we, we laugh at this. Initially, we laughed at this. There would be something that would come out about Joe Biden, and like the next day they would indict Trump. And first it was, like, oh, that's kind of a coincidence. But it, it's it's happening all the time. You say, well, they just, impe- they just uh, put together an impeachment inquiry. What have they done? Well, I'll tell you what they've done. Hunter Biden on Wednesday, the day after that announcement about oh, yeah. the inquiry, he filed a federal lawsuit against former Trump aide Garrett Ziegler for accessing his laptop that was, you know, he left at that uh, computer store, the uh, the Mac computer store. By the way, yeah. when he left it past 90 days, he gave up ownership of that of that laptop. It was in the agreement. Exactly. So he sure did. You know, you know, it's like the lady down in uh, Virginia mm-hmm. that's running for you know to be a right. state delegate, yeah. and and she she did the pornographic thing. Now that's an interesting thing because they're 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 saying, oh, you're violating her her constitutional rights and her personal rights and infringement. Yet the court has had a problem for years that you know basically she owns her integrity. Well, no. Actually, according to the law of the land, you know, you uh, you do porn, you have no rights to it. You have no rights whatsoever. You don't. It's have like getting rights. caught robbing a bank, and then yeah. and then having an article written about you in the newspaper, and you complaining that the reporter wrote about you. You catch you, one, tw- you, you did the action. It's catch twenty two. There's two sets of uh, justices here. Look, you know, we are being divided. You know, well, transgenders, and I'm, you know, that's cropped up. But okay, you identify that you're transgender. You identify that you're, you're gay, you're lesbian, you're homosexual, you're straight, you're this, you're that, you're a mailbox. Well, it's time for the mailboxes, the transgenders, the straight people, the gay people, all to get back together and say, we don't care what each other are. We can exist. But the simple fact is we're not going to be divided. We're not going to sit there and let Big Brother tell us how to live our lives because that's what they're trying to do. And, oh, yeah, they got to take away those guns because that's the one mark of freedom we have besides the Constitution, mm-hmm. the First and Second Amendment. And we got to get it together because that's what they're afraid of. They're afraid that at some point in time they're going to push us too far and we're going to go as a people, enough is enough. Yeah. Well, I'm telling you, enough is enough. Let's quit being divided and just admit, okay, we're people. We have our differences. Now this, but what we, the bigger ahead. unifying thing is we're tired of being told what to do and how we can live. Another thing that uh, we should point out, uh, Freedom Caucus Chairman Scott Perry uh, was doing a, in a kind of an impromptu on the steps of the Capitol uh, press conference. And uh, this reporter came up, a British reporter came up and, and kind of criticized uh, him and the Republicans for starting this impeachment inquiry, uh, essentially saying, well, you, you really don't have anything. These are people who they're supposed to be paying attention to what's going on. And yet they completely miss all of the. All of the interviews that James Comer has done over the past few weeks where he comes out all the time with new information and new details that they've uncovered, they just completely ignore it like, well, there's nothing out there. It's like, where the hell have you been? Well, anyway, listen, this is, this is uh, how, 
how mm-hmm. Scott Perry from uh, Pennsylvania, he's a representative from Pennsylvania. Listen to how he responded. Yes, ma'am. Can I ask what actual evidence do you have as opposed to allegations to show to the American public that would merit an actual impeachment inquiry of Joe Biden and prove that today isn't just about some of you... Oh, I don't know. McCarthy for the sake of enacting political revenge. Uh, this isn't about political revenge. We have the bank accounts. We can see, ma'am, you can see that the homes that the Bidens own can't be afforded on a, on a congressional or Senate salary. You also understand that it's not normal for family members to receive millions of dollars from overseas interests. Those things aren't normal. That's not normal to have 20 shell, shell country, companies. These things are not normal, and it alludes to not only just widespread corruption, but money laundering, if not influence peddling itself. And we also have the president, the vice president at the time on record saying that the prosecutor was fired. Well, son of a bitch. The prosecutor was fired, right? Because the prosecutor was going after the, the company that his son was working on. That's what we have. If you can't see that, if you are, if you are that blunt, look, I'll turn it over to the attorneys. People can't see that. They huh? think it's political revenge. It's because you don't report on it. We're reporting on it today. I'm not sure how you know what the American people think, but here's what they might. <laughs> the lawyer says, I'm not sure you know what the American people revenge. think. I think you're stupid, yeah, woman, because you know exactly what's going well, on. Well, she's a British reporter. And she, she's not sure what evidence, what actual evidence do you have? My goodness. Have to, it's like, lady, wake up. Where have you, have you been uh, overseas? Did you just... Would the queen or the king lie? Would the government lie? Oh, of course not. Uh, that's why they're there. They are the privileged. They are the entitled. Yeah. You know, there's, um, I, I, I know that we're probably, when you piece everything together, uh, we've got a, a full show again, even though we were interrupted. Uh, I found it interesting. You know, they, they fly all these things out there and diversions, too. There was something that was flown around the other day when they were talking about uh, UFOs. And isn't it funny how UFOs have always showed up at times of nuclear testing, nuclear disasters, mm-hmm. and uh, nuclear yeah, war? And all of a sudden, they are here again, almost like they're time travelers. Now, I'll say that, and I'm piecing some things together here that you you do the conclusion, because this will drive a lefty nuts. And now you look at people like, uh, what was the the guy? Well, there was Nostradamus. Nostradamus, yeah. He knew everything that he predicted in the future, and he was damn pretty well high percentage of things that he got right. He, you know, you know, he yeah. predict, He didn't call him Hitler. He called him Hisler. He was off by like one letter, oh, and this was like so, fifteen fifty. You know, hello. So, was he a time traveler? Uh, what was uh, the, there? There have been other people that have predicted things. Well, you know, Bill. Uh, they say well. they say he used to have a bowl that was filled with liquid, like an ink liquid, and he would take mm-hmm. uh, like a stirrer and he would stir it, uh, stir it counterclockwise, almost hypnotically. And while he was looking into the bowl, he would go into a trance, a hypnotic state. That's where he got his predictions. Not It was Michel Nostradamus, Michael Nostradamus. Ah, yeah. So you wonder, Bill, when he was doing that uh, hypnotic movement, whether maybe he... Maybe he Out went somewhere portal? that we don't know about, you know? Maybe his body yeah. stayed here and he saw something else. Well, you know, Who you knows? had uh, you had Einstein and uh, Nicholas uh, Tesla. Tesla. Nikola Tesla, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah they, they apparently they had out-of-body experiences and went into oh, yeah. the great well, beyond you know, and you know, they came te- back you know, with you know, knowledge. You know what Tesla said? They right. asked him, where do you get your stuff? Where do you get all this uh, incredible, uh, these theories and stuff like that? He said, I get them from up there. Yeah, he went to the future. Uh, uh, yeah, you got, uh, I think it was Cresswell was his name. He predicted things. A lot of people have predicted things. And then, of course, you know, modern times now, you know, these Trumpies, they think Trump is a god. They they, they almost worship, worship him. He's just vile. He's bad. And they don't believe anything religious. Now, I'm not claiming this, but it was interesting in Morning Joe when the one person said, you know, in his book of, that he wrote in 1999 out in 2000, he predicted everything. Well, we played the cut earlier. Yeah, we, we he played predicted the everything. Earlier. Hey, you draw the conclusion of all of that. I'm not saying a damn thing, but I'm just saying, you know, uh, 
<laughs> I got to get a you lefty hear, man. You, you want to hear an interesting little uh, thing to <laughs> a little interesting thing to consider. I don't know whether you're aware of this or not, but there's a book that came out. I think it was 1878 or 1877 yeah. in Europe, and the main character in the book was Baron Trump and his faithful companion Don. Uh -huh. And this was like 1878. Now that'll drive the left nuts. All right. So Baron, oh, there you go for. Uh yeah. For Joe, uh, well, for Hunter Biden and the the lefties out yes. there that think that the Bidens are great people, put that in your crack pipe and smoke it. Yeah, Baron yeah. Trump and his faithful companion Don. <laughs> oh my gosh! Um, well, maybe, may, you know, maybe Trump is a god. Who knows? And, and <laughs> hey, I'm not saying that, I, but you know what I mean. Let maybe me tell you one thing. I don't think he's a god, but I think he could be put here by God. Okay. He could be. Maybe he's traveled in time. Who knows? Uh, I think it's a good time to leave the, the show because knows. time has traveled far beyond uh, where we should have gone today. We had an interesting day because this program has been pieced together. Like Bill said earlier, we, uh, we had technical snafus, and we happened to think that it happened at a very interesting time in the conversation. There's a ream of 25 <laughs> sheets here of what we were going to do, but we didn't do. Yes. So when the plug was pulled and yes. we put it back in, uh, the end of the show was determined by destiny and fate of yes. what happened. Um, there you go. If Think you want to uh, say hello and you want to uh, comment about today's program, hello. Uh, you can do it in one complete sentence without being interrupted by calling 833-538-7868, 833-538-7868. And uh, I feel like Norm now and cheers, but uh, you've got <laughs> mail at itsanotherday.com. Now we have two other email addresses. Ooh. Yes, we have mail at jimandbill.com. There is yes. a domain for Jim and Bill. Ooh. We will probably put a website thing on that. Yes. And then, uh, but we own that. Our Ooh. names, we own them. We actually do. And we also have uh, Jim and Bill at mail.com. So mail at Jim and Bill, uh, mail at Jim and or we also have Jim and Bill at mail.com. So confused. Are you confused? Yes. Because I am. But, you know, but, you I, know. another interesting thing we should point out is uh, you can listen to us on iHeartRadio, on Amazon.com. You can listen to Spotify. us on Spotify, iTunes. We're on all of them. And, but with the iHeart, all you have to do is say, when you, when you click on podcasts and say, Jim and Bill. That's all you have oh. to say, Jim and Bill, and we'll pop up. We'll be the first ones to pop up, Jim and Bill, and it'll have in parentheses, it's another day. Uh, easiest way. You can't forget that. So, uh, You know, they took us off of YouTube, but ironically, the channel's still there, and randomly shows get posted there, and I'm not doing it. You're not doing it. We don't know who's doing it, but uh, it came up over the weekend, the weekend show, which was a good show, yeah. by the way. Very good show. How, what do they put for uh, an image? They just put it, uh, one graphic? No, from... no, no. They they take the graphic that we yeah. have from the website. It's like we posted it, but we didn't. And because YouTube hates us. But it was up <laughs> as a recommended show to listen to. But we're loved by oh, thousands. Okay. We are loved by tens of thousands. Trust me, I'm... I'm sure of that because I don't know. Ain't nobody love me but my mama. <laughs> I think she's been lying too. Well, listen. Tomorrow we might have a whole show without having to stop for an hour to figure out what was going on. Uh, have yourself a wonderful day, folks. And I think it's appropriate uh, that Bill, in one complete sentence, do his his uh, standard closing. In one complete sentence, yes. I would say if I had the opportunity. Hasta la vista, baby! We're out of here! The Voice of Freedom, CRN America. Johnny Reese is a major league pitcher who always had a talent for striking people out. Teams fell over themselves trying to recruit the young man with the menacing fastball. But baseball isn't his only talent. He's also a major league Hitman, a contract killer who likes his work. Reese does more than strike opponents out. He eliminates them altogether. 
Retired New York City detective Jack Kane has come to Pittsburgh to find a killer, and Squeeze Play by Jim Harrington is the story about what happens when these two alpha males meet and go head to head. It's a great weekend read. Squeeze Play from Dover and Blackstone Media LLC. It's available at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and many other great online book sites. Or visit itsanotherday.com and click on our link at the top of the page. When it comes to mysteries and a great read, Squeeze Play is a grand slam. The Voice of Freedom, CRN America. These days, when you want an answer about just about anything, you ask Alexa. You ask her about the weather. You ask her who won your favorite sporting event. You ask her to find a fact that you can't find anywhere. Well, we did that too. We asked her how many people have downloaded itsanotherday.com. And this is what she said. From acceleration.com. It has been downloaded as much as 260,433,467 times. I know. Seems like a lot. Seems like a lot to us, too. But it's Alexa. Thanks for making us a part of your day. And tell your friends about itsanotherday.com. We could use an extra listener. I mean, what do you do when you only have 260 million? <laughs>